This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. We're in week two of a, of a series called This is How We Do It. And essentially, this is a vision series. We're going through and we're talking through the vision of our church and kind of how we aim to accomplish that vision and what that means for you on an individual level and what that means for you on your personal faith journey and how you can apply some of this stuff together. And so we're talking through know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And these are sort of the four arms of our vision. And uh, so we're going to go through that. Last week we started with know God. And so if you missed that, you can get on the podcast at centralchurch.cc slash podcast, and you can kind of fill in some of the gaps, but it's really a foundation for where we're going in all of this. We talked about how um, we are called to know God. Here at Central, we are called to know God, and our goal is to help others to know God as well. And when scripture uses this terminology, this phrasing, know God, it's not so much a head knowledge of like, oh, let me get this academic understanding of God, or I know who God is, but it's talking about a more intimate, personal, relational knowing. It's the Greek word gnosko, which is used oftentimes in extra-biblical literature as the, the type of know that a marriage couple has together. This intimacy, this, 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 this relational knowing, not the sexuality part of it, but, but this intimacy, relational thing. And, and so that when, when the scriptures use this, and they tell us we need to know God in that way, in that intimacy, from a head knowledge to a heart knowledge. And so we talked about um, knowing God, and we talked about how the way that we aim to do that is Sunday mornings. Our goal on Sunday mornings is to point you to God, to say this is how you know God. This is how you can get to know God. And we talked about um, once we kind of get to know God, once we have an understanding of who he is, it absolutely changes everything about us. It changes our assignment on earth. No longer is it just about me knowing God and what I need and where I need to go and what I need to do and how I need to be fed and how I need to do all these things. It shifts our assignment and it shifts our perspective to saying, oh, wait a second, I've met God, the cosmic God of the universe. This, 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 it's amazing and it's changed my life. And so now my assignment now is to get others to get to know God. I need to point other people to Jesus as I'm chasing and pursuing Jesus. And so we talked a little bit about that um, last week as well, and, and, and we talked about how, you know, we use the terminology that I don't like to use very often, and I explained why last week, but this whole idea of lost people and saved people, lost people and found people, but we talked about how lost people matter to God, and how he uses all these parables to paint that picture, and how since it matters to the heart of God, it needs to matter to our heart as well. And so no God, that was a big, big part of, of what we're talking about. And so this week, we're taking it kind of a step further and talking about finding freedom. Finding freedom and how we aim to do this as a church and what it looks like for you. And so the foundation of this, the foundation of this understanding is the good place. No, I'm just kidding. The foundation for this is that we are communal beings, okay? We are communal beings. Let me tell you what I mean by that. In Genesis chapter 1, when uh, you guys know the origin story and God says, you know, let us create mankind in our image. Did you know that those are plural words there? Did you know that in, in Genesis 1, it's not God saying, let me create mankind in my image? It says, let us create mankind in our image. It's the doctrine of the Trinity. It's this idea that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have existed eternally together in community. And that God is this relational, communal being. And when he says, let me create mankind in my image, it means that we are created as communal 
beings. In the fiber of our design, we are created and crafted and designed for community, for relationship. It's part of who we are. It's part of God's master plan for us. And so it's very, very important for us to kind of wrap our heads around that. And, and we feel like we are best set up and postured for success in life within the context of community. The community is so important. The local church community, but even deeper than that is this idea of community groups. And it's not just any community that you can be involved in. That's, that's not healthy. It's like, well, I'm surrounded by people, but if they're not good people, it's not good for you. I remember um, hearing this a lot growing up. This is, I think, one of youth pastors' favorite sayings, okay? How many of you guys went to youth group in middle school, high school, frequent in, visited, went with family, friends, whatever? Okay, then you've probably heard this phrase before. They say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Have you guys, how many of you have heard that phrase before? Okay, yeah, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And it's applicable, it really is. Show me your community and I'll show you where you're headed. I'll show you who you're becoming, right? And it's not only true to middle schoolers and high schoolers, but it's so true for adults as well. The community that you plug into, the people that you allow to speak into your life, speak into your heart, that guides who you're becoming. It guides where you're going and it shapes the way that God can use you. And so we think it's super, 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 super important for you to be plugged in to community. We believe that the best way for your life to change and to grow is in the context of relationships. The best way for your life to change and for your life to grow and for you to find the freedom in Christ that he desires for you and that he's called you to is, this, is within the context of relationships. And so the way that we do that here at Central Church is community groups. That's the way that we aim to move you into this context of community, to move you into this context of relationships and doing life together with people. Community groups are so, so, so huge for us. And so what I want to do really quick before we move uh, any further is I want to invite my friend Mike Allen to come up here. Um, Mike, are you in here? Mikey's up here, yeah, in his Stafford jersey. I love it. Come on up real quick. Mikey, if you were at the worship night um, last month, you saw a lead-in video about Mike and kind of his relationship with community groups and how all that worked. And so, Mike, tell me sort of where are you now in community groups? Like, what's, what's your situation with community groups this semester? So for the semester, it's been a really great experience. I'm a part of three different community groups, and they all provide a different, unique experience. So for the first group, I'm a now, part of Now, the, did that not sound like a professional, canned answer? <laughs> and it, it wasn't even. A different, unique, special experience. That was, that was good, Mike. I like that. You should write commercials. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just like, dang. Okay, Mike, bring it uh, in. So the first one is the young adults group. Uh, right now, currently, we're reading through Multiply, a uh, book written by Francis Chan. And we also do other events, uh, get together, stuff like that. So, uh, Like last night, I walked in the gym, and the lights were on the doors, Prophet. I was like, I know I didn't do that. And I walked back there, and you guys are all back there playing basketball and hanging out and stuff like that. Okay. And then uh, for a second group uh, on Wednesday nights as well, we have hoops. Basketball. Men's hoops, yeah. yes. So uh, that's just really a competition to see who is the uh, most not in shape. Yes, yes. It's, it's really just a struggle to not get injured. Yeah, pretty much. The yeah. whole time we're playing, yes. Wh whoever hurts the least at the end kind of wins. Is the champion, right. yeah. Whoever can get out of bed first try on Thursday morning, they're the winner. And then uh, the third community group part of, uh, there weren't signups for it. It happened before, right before signups, but we do fantasy football. There's about 20 of us, so it provides a little bit of smack talk, you know. Yeah. I'm undefeated like the Lions right Whatever. Now. I, I, so. You're undefeated like the Lions. I'm, like, completely defeated like <laughs> we thought the Lions. I'm 
in our fantasy football league, it's pretty, pretty terrible. So what, you, you jumped into community groups for the first time last semester, Correct. right? Yes. So, so tell us a little bit about like, your apprehensions to joining and kind of how that, how that worked. How did you actually get to the point where you're like, I'm going to do it. And now you're like super community man with like three different groups and you should get a community groups cape and the whole deal, you know? <laughs> tell, tell us sort of your apprehension leading up to that. So originally I had just didn't really want to go. I didn't really know many people here. So uh, when and I you had been coming to the church for a while. Yeah. Like yeah. I wasn't involved. I was just coming yeah. Sunday mornings and just yeah. kind of leaving. But um, finally, uh, a bunch of people were telling me to go to these events, uh, whether it be like young adults or uh, men's group at the time. Yeah. And uh, eventually, finally, I was like, all right, I'll just go to one of these. So what, what, what was it? What was like the straw that broke the camel's back? What was it that finally got you to be like, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to go. I'm going to try this thing out. It like, was all the invites. Uh, definitely uh, wanted to give it a try. Uh, like I said, I didn't really know people, but I wanted to connect with people that obviously I go to church with, that I yeah. share the same faith with. And so what was it like the first time when you went? Was it like super awkward, or was it like, hey, okay, this uh, is not as scary as I thought it was? For like the first 10 minutes, it was kind of awkward, because like I said, I didn't know anybody, but eventually, like uh, very quickly, uh, everybody was very welcoming. So yeah. it was just kind of like uh, very accepting. Okay, all right. And so if there was someone in here who was struggling with the idea of thinking, Ah, community groups, eh, not really for me, not really my thing. What advice would you give them? What, what encouragement would you kind of lay out for them? The encouragement I would definitely give is at least give it a try. Uh, find something that you're interested in. Um, sign up for that group. You don't have to go right away, but uh, you'll get a reminder. And then just try it out. You don't have to keep going. There's no hard commitment. But uh, definitely give it a try at least once, and maybe you'll like it and meet some new friends. Yeah, because now you love it. You're like, you're, like yes. you're all in. You're all over the place. That's awesome. Will you guys thank Mike for uh, sharing his story and his thoughts on the situation? So here's the deal. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about community groups. We're going to talk sort of like from a biblical perspective and why we think community is so important and how it played out as it, in the snapshot of the early church and all that. Let me pray for us real quick, and then we're going we're gonna to jump right into that stuff. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for Mike and his story and what you're doing through community groups in his life. Um, and in his faith journey. God, we pray this morning that, uh, that you would open us up to you, that you would soften our hearts, you'd open our minds, you'd make us receptive to who you are and what you have for us today. God, I pray that this morning we would leave encouraged, we would leave edified, uh, we would leave challenged, we would leave changed. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Okay, so the reason that we think community is so important here at Central and why relationships are so important and why doing life together is so vitally important is because we get a snapshot of the early church in the book of Acts. The book of Acts sort of treks through the early church in the first century. After Jesus, you know, after Easter, for those of you who know the Easter story and all that and the resurrection, he ascends into heaven. Then you got all these, these followers of Jesus that are sitting around going, well, crap, now what? You know, he was here, now he's not here. How do we do this? What do we do? And so the book of Acts sort of treks through that and follows that. And so we get a snapshot of what they did and what they deemed important in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, treks through the early church and how they responded to this, this idea of following Jesus now that Jesus is no longer actually physically with them. And so we feel like we can take a, a, a play out of their book and apply it to our context, and it's going to yield the same results, right? And so check it out. If you, uh, if you can look in your Bible, or you can have it on the screen, or you can have it on your phone or tablet or whatever, but let's talk through this thing. So it says, all the believers started, uh, this is Acts chapter 2, verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, and to prayer. 
So it says all the believers devoted themselves. You know what that means? That means that they made a decision, that they committed to this thing, that they were intentionally going to pursue this stuff. And it says that they were going to intentionally pursue the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching in our modern context would be like preachers and teachers and pastors at church, right? The, the, the apostles would get up and they would teach the scriptures, they would teach the teachings of Jesus, they would share these things, and so they were going to devote themselves to that. That is super important. We need to grow in our knowledge of Jesus and his teachings and all of this stuff to follow his way. We need to devote ourselves, be intentional about pursuing that. And it says, and to fellowship. That means that they made the decision, the conscious effort, and, and, and to be intentional to say, hey, listen, it is super important that we learn the teachings of Jesus, and it's super important that we hang out with each other. It's super important that we are intentional and make it a priority to pursue fellowship with one another and to sharing meals. It's super important that we eat together, that we hang out together, that we spend adequate, serious time together and to prayer. And so we think of the early church and we think, oh man, they must have been like super holy and super religious and they must have been praying and reading scriptures and in the temple at all hours of the... Yo, they were super intentional about the apostles' teaching and to prayer, yes, but also to fellowship and to sharing meals. They're saying this stuff is super, super important. And it says this. It says, a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Here's how I've read this in the past, before this week when I was kind of digging into this. I've always read it. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and so a deep sense of awe came over them all. That's not what it says. Right before this, look, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to sharing food, and to fellowship, right? They, 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 they devoted themselves to doing life together, to a commitment of community, a commitment of relationship, to intentionally spend time together. And when they did this, they shocked themselves. They're like, whoa, you mean life can be like this? Whoa, wait a second. You mean when we are intentionally devoted to community with one another, when we're intentionally devoted to the teachings of Christ, when we're intentionally devoted to prayer, when we're intentionally devoted to eating with each other and spending time together and doing life together, life can be like this? It can seriously feel this way. Life can actually happen. They were in awe over what was going on in their community. And as a result of this awe and all this stuff, then the apostles were performing miraculous signs and wonders and all of that. That was like a byproduct, all of this. And then it says, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They were straight up doing life together. They knew each other's kids' names and what their interests were. They knew what they did for work. They knew the struggles that they were having. They knew their marital stuff that was happening. Between. They were hanging. They were doing life together. They met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They rallied together and did life together. It says they worshiped together at the temple each day, meaning they went to church together, right? They hung out together at church. But it didn't stop there. It said they met in homes for the Lord's Supper. So they went to church and hung out together. And then outside of church, they hung out together and spent time together. And it says, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. They were like pumped. Like life was incredible at this. They were like, this is awesome. I can't believe what we're feeling and experiencing together. And it says all the time, where is it? TV catch up. It says... 
All the while, I'll read from up there. Where is it? All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. They enjoyed the goodwill of the people because these are happy people. They're spending time together in, in, in community with one another, in relationship with one another, hanging out with one another. It says they enjoyed the goodwill of the people because people are looking at them going, dang, what's going on with them? Like, they're, they're all, like, together and happy and hanging out and laughing and sharing what they have and, and like, all this stuff is going down with them. What, what is the good place? No, what, what's, like, what's going on with them, Right? They, they experienced the goodwill of all the people, and then it says that the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved every day. People were looking at the community that they were experiencing, looking at the life that they were living, the relationship that they had, and they were like, that's awesome. And not only is that awesome, I want some of that. I want to be part of whatever they're a part of, you know? I want to experience what they're experiencing. They're doing life together and doing all this, and it says that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Meaning people were like, man, I want in on this. And so the early church grew exponentially and rapidly through this process. The early church continued to develop and grow because they focused on connectivity. Because they focused on community. And so we aim to do the same thing here at Central. And that's through our community groups. Our community groups are the way that we are trying to create these little communities, these little sort of pockets of people that you can spend time together and you can grow together in relationship and in community. And so that's kind of how we aim to do this stuff. And so hopefully, our Sunday morning gatherings continue to grow, right? We've moved to two services. We have a bunch of people here first service. Got a bunch of people here second service. That's awesome. Hopefully, these continue to grow bigger and bigger. Are we aware that that's part of the goal? You know, it's not a, a, a social club. It's not a us for and no more, hallelujah, praise God, glory to the Lamb. Like, that's not the mentality. It goes back to what we talked about last week, how we are called to know God, but also we are called to tell other people and point other people to know God because lost people matter to God. They matter to the heart of God. And so it's up to us to invite our sphere of influence and push our in sphere of influence in pursuit of Christ, right? And so if that happens... A main way for them to know God, a main way that we operate for people to know God is on a Sunday morning. And so if you want them to know God within the context of us trying to get them to know God together, you would invite them on a Sunday morning. And so as that would continue to grow hypothetically, we need connectivity on a smaller level. We need connectivity on a more personal, real level. And so that's where community groups come into play. And our community groups are awesome. Our community groups are not as scary as you think that they are. I know you got it played out in your head, how you're like super freaked out about these things. And oh, I don't know, it's weird, it's awkward, it's whatever. But listen, in every community group, no matter what, the, um, no matter what group it is, we're going to accomplish three things. We aim to accomplish three things with every single community group. The first thing is that we're a place to connect with others. Every community group is a place to connect with with others. This is where you're going to go deeper than donut talk, okay? Donut talk is what you're able to accomplish in the lobby. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Good, yeah, yeah. How's your week? Oh, good, yeah, it was good. How about you? Oh, yeah, good, yeah, oh, cool. How do you think the Lions are going to do? Oh, I don't know, playing the Chiefs. I don't know, we are undefeated, way better than the Packers, that's for sure, right, Crystal? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. 
you know, and we just, we, we have this, like, donut talk, right? And it stays super, like, I pick on Crystal because she likes to wear Packers gear every Sunday, and it just really boils my blood trying to appear to be like Jesus and looking at a Packers fan. It's, it's tough. It's, a, it's trying my patience. It's, it's developing spiritual maturity in me, I guess. Uh, not really because I'm lashing out at her in the middle of a sermon. Um, it's obviously not working. But every single community group is a place to connect with others. It's a place to get more real with others. On Sunday mornings, you come in here, and you're all sitting in rows listening to me talk. But at a community group, you're sitting around tables, you're around a basketball court, you're around whatever, and you're sitting in circles sharing together, talking together, bouncing ideas off of each other, learning from one another, right? And so every community group is a place to connect with others. Every community group is a place to protect each other. It's a place where you can share prayer with one another. It's a place that you can share support with one another. It's a place that you can share accountability with one another. I'm not saying every single group is going to be like this super intense dialogue-driven discussion. I mean, we have all kinds of different groups that do all kinds of different things, but through relationship and through community, those conversations organically take place. You know, when you're building and developing friendships and then something hard happens in life, you're going to call your friends. And that's when the whole organic growth and camaraderie and companionship and all that stuff takes place. And so every group is a place to connect with others. Every group is a place to protect each other. And then every group is a place to grow together. Because it's conversation-driven, it's relationships, and spirituality is going to come organically when a bunch of people who are pursuing Jesus on their own get together and hang out then spirituality is going to organically be part of the conversation. It's going to be part of the worldview. It's going to be part of the discussion. It's going to be part of the actions and the reactions of the group. Does that make sense? And so every opportunity that you have in a community group is a chance for you to connect with people. It's a chance for you to protect each other, and it's a chance to grow together. And so the way we do our groups is interesting. It's a little bit different in some churches, but it's, it's, it's really, really cool the way we do our groups. We have, we have a free market approach to our community groups, meaning if you have an idea and it's not like totally sinful, it can be a little sinful. No, I'm just kidding. If it's not like, you know, wrong, then we can probably do it, right? These are, if, these, are, these are based on interest. If you have an interest and you think other people would have an interest in doing that with you, then start a community group and do it. We have all kinds of groups. Like Mike said, he's involved in three of them. Fantasy football, he's involved in the men's basketball, and he's involved in the young adults. We have a women's Bible study. We have a men's Bible study. We have a parenting group. We have a board game group. We have a, a mom with kids, young kids. Is, what do they call that one? It's got to be something cooler than moms with young kids. Cookies and crumbs is what, I mean, see, I knew it. I knew they had a cool name. Co cookies and crumbs, I mean, we have, <laughs> Carmen was like, I don't know. Why are you putting me on the spot? But there's all kinds of different groups that you can be a part of, right? We have a free market approach where if you have an interest, chances are there's a group for you. We've had bicycle groups in the past. We've had hiking groups. We've had dog groups. We've had uh, Central Foodies where we went to the diners and dives of Detroit and just hung out and had a good time. I mean, there is all kinds of opportunity. No group is the same. Even if there's like, there's a young adults Bible study, there's all kinds of different stuff. And no group is the same because you bring what you got to the table. And so even if there were two guys' Bible studies or two game nights, they're both going to be different because the personalities and the people are different. And so we like to say that there's something for everybody. There is a group for everybody to connect with. That's the idea. And they're interest-driven and they're relationally driven. Like we said, we believe that the spirituality is going to come out organically through the growth and development and cultivation of relationships.
And so we do free market groups. The other thing is that we operate in semesters. This is great for like the non-committal millennials, right? We operate in semesters. You're not committed forever, okay? We do a fall semester, a winter semester, and a spring semester. And then we take the summer off because you guys are all traveling and vacaying and the whole deal and camps and kids and everything else that's crazy. We don't have community groups through the summer. But we do a fall semester, a winter semester, and a spring semester. And so if you're leading a group, that means you're locked in for like nine weeks or so, nine to ten weeks depending on the semester. If you sign up for a group, you're only committed for that long. If you want to do multiple groups in a year, but they happen on the same night, you can switch different semesters. It's very, very fluid, very, very easy for you to get involved and get plugged in. And so some of you, you need to, you need to join a group. You need to get excited, and it's super easy to do that. I mean, Michael just told you earlier about the way he joined. He just, like, he signed up for one, and then he didn't show up for a long time until he got enough invites and finally, like, oh, all right, I guess I'll do it. And he showed up and was like, whoa, this changes everything. Hang on a second. Whoa, this, this changes the whole game. It's not just about showing up at church for 40 minutes a week or whatever and then not talking to anyone and grabbing a super delicious donut and then hitting the road. This is like, oh, I, I show up and I actually know people. And during the week, I'm actually seeing these people outside the four walls of this building, right? And it changed that. It's super, super easy to join a group. Super easy. And it's super easy to lead a group, too. I want to invite my friend Paul up here. Paul started a group last semester. It was last semester, right? Paul started a group last semester. And I want him to share just a little bit about the way he did that, what he was feeling and all that. Because currently, Paul leads our men's Bible study. And it's like banging. And I... I Here's what I know. I know that they post a picture of the food they eat every time, and that alone is like enough to be a salvation moment, you know, like a spiritual moment, the food that you guys have. Every, I mean, it's, it's pretty solid. Yeah, it so is. tell me a little bit, you know, what led you to lead a group? Well, I've been in, involved in groups in other churches I've been into, and I kind of missed it, and I thought we needed a group here, too, and yeah. so I took your initiative and tried to yeah. set up something. For the men's Bible study, because yeah. you've been in men's Bible studies before, yes. and so you were like, oh, they're not going to have one this semester? Right. I guess I could do that. Mm -hmm. Now, were there apprehensions there? Were you kind of like, oh, can I do that? Or Yeah, I was a little worried. I'd never led a group before like that. I'd led groups in workplace before, but not really in church. Yeah. So I felt like, am I qualified to kind of lead this kind of group or not? And yeah. I had to kind of just kind of go for it and see. And so how did you overcome that? Because I, I feel like a lot of people would get to that point where they're like, yeah, yeah I'd like to do that, but can I do that? Right. And then it would kind of stop there. Right. What did you do to kind of move past that to be like, yeah, no. No, yeah, I'm going to do this. Well, I kind of thought about it a little more, and I realized that if, if people can't come, it's not because of me. It's because everybody's life is complicated. Yeah. So I realized it's not really about me. Yeah. It's about the message. It's about trying to share yeah. how God works in my life, and maybe we can help with other people yeah. to see how God works in their life. And so if I take myself out of it, then it makes it easier for me to kind of put myself out there. Yeah. That makes sense. That does make sense, that it's not, re it's not contingent on necessarily your personality or your whatever. It's, hey, here's an opportunity. If you like the things that I like, or you want to pursue the things I want to pursue, mm -hmm. then this is for you. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So what advice would you give people who are in that position right now that are like, man, I think I could do a group about this, or I could do a group about that, but they're just not, I think you, you know. should just give it a shot. I mean, pray on it, of course, and try, yeah. try to get some insight, but give it a try. And if people come out and they want to do it, that's great. Yeah. And, and kind of um, develop kind of a plan for how you want it to go. Yeah. Kind of think about what I try to think about is what kind of group would I want to be in, and I try to make it kind of like that. How would I try to anticipate 
how would other members, what would they like to do? And I try to make it kind of like that. How yeah. Are certain welcoming certain way? Like, so that's the idea with the food. We share a meal, then we'll watch a video. Because you know, if you go to someone's house, you want to eat some good food. Sure. So let's have some good food. Right. And it's in okay. the evening, so this way you don't have to rush through dinner to try to get there. Yeah. You, we're, it's already going to be there. And then yeah. we'll, we'll watch a film or a movie and then talk about, not like a, not a the whole movie, but like a, like a, a video. Like yeah. a video. Yeah. A video, and, yeah. And then <laughs> so my group's like six hours. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Lord of the Rings is Yeah. We do sleepovers. <laughs> it's whatever. No, a little <laughs> short video, and then we discuss that. <laughs> Yeah. And it's something that not everybody agrees on, which is great. because That's, that's that the best. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where growth takes place. That's yeah. where you have, you know, you don't want an echo chamber of the mm -hmm. same. Right. You throw out a video, throw out an idea, and then you guys discuss it and talk that's about right. it and hopefully see each other's point of views. And yeah. We also use the YouVersion Bible app. Okay. And we can share reading plans during the week as well. So we, yeah. can, we can be in the Bible besides Thursday night. Like we can yeah. share plans and read a little bit every day if we yeah, want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And so there's this little community of mm -hmm. dudes that have kind of rallied around that. Yeah. That is yeah. incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Paul, thank you. Thank you. Join me in thanking Paul for sharing. So we believe, we believe that you find freedom within the context of relationships. We believe that you find the freedom in Christ, the joy in Christ, the life in Christ that he's called you to pursue and to experience and the person he's called you to be within the context of relationships. The best way for your life to change and to grow is through relationships. Sermons are awesome, you know? I mean, I spend a majority of my week preparing sermons, and they're awesome, and they're great. And worship experiences are awesome, and worship nights are awesome, and church services are awesome, and they're great, and service projects are awesome and great. But the reality is, guys, they're all secondary to relationships. Because when life gets hard, you're not calling up a sermon. You're calling up a relationship. You're calling up a friend. You know? When things get tough at work, you're not necessarily recalling a sermon. Maybe it's a little bit of inspiration in your ear, but that's not what's going to get you through. The worship night that you had two months ago is not going to get you through the struggle Monday through Saturday. You need community. You need relationships. You need people to do life with. It's paramount. It's so, so vitally important to your faith journey, to you experiencing the fullness that God has called you to and who he wants you to be. And so maybe you're in here this morning and you need to join a group. Maybe you're in here this morning and you're thinking, man, yeah, I should probably do that. I've been thinking about it. I've been putting it off. But you need to join a group. It is so easy to join a group. I wrote Carmen this week and was like, hey, can you give me like a really structured breakdown of what it looks like for someone to join a group, someone who's never done it before? And it was like, her response was like three words. <laughs> it's that easy. You go to centralchurch.cc. On the homepage, it's, it's got a groups tile. You click on it. And then it has all the groups, and then it says join a group, and you click on it. Boom. That's it. It's that simple. And when you sign up for a group on the website, listen, when you sign up for a group, it's not saying that this is a blood oath, that you must be there every single moment that we have everything, and if you don't, you're going to rot in hell for eternity, okay? That is not the message. When you sign up to join a group, you know what that means? When we do something, we're going to let you know. You should come or you should not come. Well, you should come. You don't have to, but you should. It's going to be awesome, okay? And if you want to lead a group, some of you in here, you need to lead a group. You know you need to lead a group. You need to step up and lead a group because there's people who need to learn the things that you're pursuing and learning. There's people who have the same interests as you, and you can really facilitate that and make that happen. 
And for you to lead a group, it's that simple. You go to the website, centralchurch.cc, you click on the groups tile, and you click on the button that says lead a group. Boom! It's that simple. And then you describe your group to us, and if it's not like, you know, co-ed sleepovers, then we'll consider it, right? That's probably not going to get approved as a group, okay? Uh, College-age co-ed sleepovers, Sam, it's a great idea. Yeah, no, it's not. But if your group, if you, you know, if you haven't, I don't even know why I said that. I didn't say that first service. Like, why did that pop in my head? It's because I made the comment to Paul earlier. Um, God, that's so weird that I said that. And now it's on the podcast, and now my regret is also on the, I'm going to move forward. Um, Some of you know that you should lead a group, okay? And it's very, very simple. We already have our fall groups. We're in mid-semester. You can jump in at any time. But if you feel like you could lead a group in the winter, I would encourage you. I would challenge you to pray about that. I would encourage you and challenge you to do that, to lead a group. Join a group and lead a group. Join a group or lead a group. That's your action plan today. That's your takeaway. That's your challenge. Because our goal as a church is to have over 100% participation in our groups. Sam, that doesn't mathematically add up. Listen, we want more people going to our groups than coming to our church on Sunday morning. In our men's hoops group, we had like, I think, 14, 13, 14 guys there uh, this past Wednesday night. Five or six of them have never been to church here. That's the goal. That's the idea. They're experiencing Jesus through the people who do go to church here being there playing hoops. When we get fouled and almost break our hip and throw our shoulder out of joint because we're so old and out of shape, we're not cussing everybody out and wanting to fight. Right? We're checking on each other and we're being kind to one another. There's some smack talk going on. But it's like you can tell it's different. Right? They can sense there's a difference there. We're showing them Jesus relationally on the basketball court. Does that, does that make sense? And so our goal is to have over 100% participation at these things. For that to happen, that means in-house, we got to have 100% participation. We want you guys to be in community and to do life together. We don't just come together on Sunday mornings to like get excited and, oh, glory to God, that's going to boost me through the week. That's not the idea. The idea is to do life together, and Sunday morning is an overflow of that. Sunday morning is a celebration. Sunday morning is a, hey, let's come together and worship together and get inspired together and pursue God together. That's awesome. But the real ministry and the real life change happens Monday through Saturday. And so we want you to be involved in that. If you've just been coming on Sundays and just sitting and hanging out and then beelining into the parking lot, you're experiencing this much of what the church has to offer, of what the local church, what the body of Christ is designed for and has to offer. And so I would challenge and encourage you this morning. They're going to sing another song. We've carved out a little bit of time for you to respond. If you need to bust out your phone right now and get on centralchurch.cc and thumb through these community groups and join one now before you leave so you don't forget, I would encourage you to do that. Don't get on Instagram. We have people in the lobby watching to make sure you don't do that. Just kidding. We don't. But if you need to bust out your phone and start kind of, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this now. I've been waiting. I've been putting, I'm going to do it now. Or maybe you feel like you need to lead a group. Uh, but yeah, I'll just, I'll do it later. I'll, no, we've carved out some time now for you to respond. Maybe you need to spend a few moments this morning just praying, seeking God. Saying, God, what is it in me that needs to change so that I can get involved? So I can experience this community. So I can experience this relationship. What do you need to change in my heart? How do I need to grow personally so that I can connect relationally? So I can cultivate community in my world. But I want us all to just take a few minutes this morning and respond to God and respond to what God is doing in, through, and around you. Let's pray together. God. 
Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.